to The After Party, a podcast about lessons learned and shaping the future. I'm your host, Raven Bonnewell. And today I'm really excited. I have executive life, business, and sex coach Craig Cassie with me. Hi, Craig. Hey, Raven. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. And Craig, I mean, we're here because the pandemic's almost over. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, what are you what are you most excited to do now that things are opening up? Uh, oh, uh, travel and food are my two loves outside of my boyfriend, of course. And we can't wait to travel and eat out together all the time. So uh, we'll be doing a lot of the food scene in D.C. as we miss our indoor dining. Uh, mm. We've cooked a lot at home. and It's been good. Some have been great. Some have not been great. <laughs> so we're excited to have a real professional cook for us again. <laughs> what's been the what's been the the great thing or the best thing that you've learned how to cook or cooked oh my gosh uh well i'll say the best thing my partner cooked for me is my birthday pineapple upside down cake gluten-free because i'm a recent celiac mm -hmm. i find out uh mm -hmm. and it was just decadent and rich and so buttery it was definitely not good for you but it just made my it made my birthday during covid so much sweeter than it would have been otherwise uh and I think for him, his favorite thing that I make him, I do a ton of like Asian cuisine right now. So I do like little bulgogi bowls for him a few nights a week. And he's over the moon because, you know, I don't do mundane flavors. I need spice. I need something. Uh, so he gets a benefit from that, too. Shut up. That sounds amazing. Did did you each know that the other one could cook bake before this whole COVID thing happened? No, it was a cute story. Like we we were hoping we both told each other that we could, but we just ate out a ton before. So when we're forced to like actually cook, it's like, oh, so you really bake well. That's my partner. And for me, I don't need a recipe to cook, but when it comes to following a recipe, I have a huge hard time and a headache doing it. So we both got faced with our uh, our culinary realities, and I'm so glad they actually matched. Like they lined up and fit where the other person couldn't. The other one can step in. Um, but yeah, it was not proven until it had to be tested. <laughs> wow. Well, it sounds like you really lucked out that, you know, you both said a certain thing and there was a lot of trust going into this that it was gonna it was gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, it worked out well, but uh we still have yet to make cakes like you have. You know, I still need mm. to do my three-layer chocolate chocolate cake one day. I've been fantasizing after watching your Facebook lives baking. So maybe we'll tackle that when the real world fully opens up. Yes, yes. Well, that is one of the things that I, I have discovered about myself during the pandemic is, is that I can take my time with baking. And, and I think that that's really what it was before is that, you know, I, uh, I rushed things. I wanted to eat them quickly. Um, so it was like, ah, oh, just throw together these cookies and they're good, but they don't look beautiful. So it really has given me the gift of patience. And um, I think my husband's been thankful for it too. You know, it has been a, a, a fun little hobby to get into. Does he have a massive sweet tooth now? No, he, he and I both are a little bit more savory people. And I'm very lucky that he's... I, I knew before getting into the pandemic that he's a really good cook and we really like 
he really likes to cook. And um, now even, you know, I, yeah, I'm excited about going to restaurants, but man, we've, we've found some really interesting dishes and we've gotten explored more exploratory about what we're cooking and everything like that. And, uh, you know, my, my trust has really been in him to, um, expand my palate essentially during the pandemic. Well, invite me over whenever you want to. My boy and I will bring some wine or some, you know, good mocktails and we'll get to it. <laughs> that sounds like a real party. I'm excited about that. Thanks, Greg. You're welcome. Um, Craig, you know, you, you're, you're a sex coach, which I'm very intrigued to hear a little bit more about what you saw as far as the impact of COVID on relationships, intimate relationships, sex, what are you, you know, what, what did you notice? Yeah. Uh, so depends on when. You know, okay. the first two months of COVID are very different from the rest of COVID. And that's just because everyone has their own coping mechanism when it comes to anxiety and stress and admittedly the potential demise of the world. And a lot of times it's actually portrayed in our libido and our sex life. So at least in the beginning, everyone seemed to go in one of two directions. Either people were coping and ready to, you know, fuck like bunnies because that's how they were releasing it, or the, their libido plummeted because they were holding so much stress and fear around everything else that, let's be honest, it was a bit of a boner killer because we're so damn scared all the time. So that's really what first began most of our conversations with my clients at the top of COVID. But after that, it really shifted into, uh, you know, COVID is not the problem, but it's the light that shines on any of the cracks that were there before. And all of a sudden, a lot of the uh, not talked about conversations, because we only spend maybe three to four hours face to face with a partner a day between work and fun and the gym, uh, they become essential and unavoidable because we're now working within 50 square feet you know, within reach of each other the entire day, 24 mm seven. -hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember at the beginning of this thinking when we come out of COVID, we're going to see a ton of weddings and a ton of divorces because of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Has that and, been your experience uh, with your clients? Yep. <laughs> so I will say this, the ones who have put in the work, I have yet to have a client uh, divorce or break up throughout this experience. Uh, but in my extended social circles, I'll say this. Uh, now that things are opening up, there are a lot of partners who are having the conversation of, hey, I realize I want more, I want differently. And I'm not sure that we can create that together. So, you know, some couples, they're just breaking up, jumping ship right there because they don't want that conversation. But a lot of others are actually checking in and saying, wait, we we have a shot to redesign this. Like, do you actually want to talk about it together and to see how we want to live life now that we can again? And if we line up or if we don't, how we want to actually get back into alignment. And to all those couples doing that, I want to say kudos. It's, it's courageous work. It's brave work. You know, as a coach, I love to support it. Um, but what a gift it is to yourself and your partner to be willing to come to the table and say, hey, I'm half satisfied. And I think I can be more satisfied with this are you game to do the work with me? Yeah, that is a bold conversation. And, you know, it, it sounds over here that that's a real perk of, 
you know, being trapped with somebody or potted with somebody for the last 14 or so months now um, of really having light shined on those cracks and being able to address and reinvent. How how do we get to that point of reinvention or bringing that to the table now that we don't have to spend every waking minute with the same person? Yeah, such a good question. And uh, it depends on where you're starting from. You know, I think for every couple, some of the, the fundamental steps are to A, actually work on being back in relationship. You know, one of the things we see right now is people are getting a chance to run outside and leave the container, their pod that they were you know, kind of forced into. And uh, they might be spending a lot less time with their partner, but that's when we need to actually check in more. So when it comes to actually getting back into relationship, it means, A, making bits for connection, whether it's asking to cuddle or have sex or just hold hands or walk outside, whatever feels like connection to you, actually creating space for that again. Even though you want to be many other places at the same time, create time and space to reconnect. And then secondly, I'd say, is it actually start laying the planks? Uh, like you mentioned, Raymond, it is a bit of a, a bold conversation to have. And really, the couples who thrive the most in these times and the couples who have the best sex, like the one piece of overlap is uh, they talk about it. They talk about their sex life. They talk about their relationship. And they don't make it heavy. They don't only talk about their relationship when there's a problem. They talk about the visions they have, the dreams they have for the future, what feels good. And when it comes to talking about sex, they're talking about it while they're walking the dog or having breakfast. And I think sometimes in relationships, work, you know, couples or whatnot, we forget that there's never a bad time to have conversations. Uh, there's always this opportunity to lean in more. So my recommendation would be make more time to hang out, actually build up the connection, and then talk. Begin to actually lay the place and have those conversations and ask them bold question. Doesn't have to feel damning, doesn't have to feel heavy. Not every time we say I'm not fully happy means I'm ready to break up or get divorced. But it really is an invitation for the other person to check in and say, oh, well, maybe there's some room for me to create some shifts or maybe there's something that I can do or I can be in support that would work out better for both of us. Mm, yeah, I love that. Um, I I thought about my own relationship during this whole thing when you were talking about that. and you know mentioning there's never a bad time to have a conversation about your relationship. And, you know, when I, what I've noticed in my relationship is that sometimes, you know, I bring something up and my, my, my husband and I have been a lot more, um, open to say, can we talk about that later? Or, you know, can we find another time? Um, for me, oh, I, well, you know this about me, Craig, I love schedules and planning and I have a calendar just like embedded in my brain. I can tell you what day of the week, you know, June 18th is, um, it's a Friday by the way. Uh, but, (laughs) um, but my husband, you know, has to have a day planner and has to see it in front of him. And so sometimes I'll, you know, uh, be in the kitchen and he'll be making me dinner and in the way that he does. And I'll say, oh, you know, next weekend I was thinking that we should blah, blah, blah. And he's like, stop. 
I need to have a calendar and I am, you know, I am elbows deep in chopping these vegetables right now and I don't have it in front of me. So having the give and take too that, you know, just because he says that he can talk about something right now doesn't mean that we won't or that it's off the table or that, you know, um, that, that that conversation's been shut down, but really having that other time to pick it up. And, um, and, and, and sometimes I think even having, um, having the grace to give your partner the heads up about what you need to talk about too. Hey, we need to have a conversation about sex. Let's, make time to have that conversation. Do you want wine involved or no, you know, or whatever it is so that, that they cream, who knows? I mean. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so that, that both parties are prepared and, and nobody's getting blindsided. I love that. You know, what really impacts me over here, Raven is, is clear that you both trust each other to actually follow up. And so I think this is one of the experiences some listeners might have is like, how often have you or your partner said, we'll talk about it later. And then uh, that's the repeated, you know, sound we hear from our partner. Oh, later. Oh, another time. Oh, not right now. Um, this comes up a lot for sex too. And like during COVID, one of the challenges was when people aren't, um, like when your libido takes a hit and all of a sudden they're not interested in having sex and they just keep putting it off. It's actually not fulfilling for either partner, but we don't know how to fix it. So I love that y'all have the trust. And for those who might not, one of my invitations is like, get some structure to support it. Uh, like Raven, you might have a calendar in your head. I don't even have a calendar <laughs> in my space. Thank God for my iPad, because <laughs> otherwise I would not be taking any notes down or scheduling things. But if that's you, then you might actually say, okay, I'd love to have that conversation later and then pick when later is going to be, agree upon it and schedule it. And the same thing can be said of sex. Some people hate the idea of scheduling sex. And I totally was that guy for a while. But I find that even if you're not, um, you know, turned on in the moment going into a calendared sex state, one of the beautiful things about the body is if you give yourself permission to just begin the process, you get turned on pretty easily. And you can communicate that with your partner. You don't have to be turned on before you have sex in order to have great sex. In fact, most people actually aren't. Like, it's one of the weird fallacies we have in life. It's like, oh, I must be really hot and heavy if I'm going to have this great, you know, sex session with my partner and I really want to please them and be into it. Like, give yourself a damn break and let yourself be warmed up for like five or 10 minutes. Get a back massage with your partner, kiss a little bit. And if you aren't there, then cool, you tried. And usually you do get there. So... I love that as an idea. Yeah, what you just said, um, it, it, you, we think about sex as vulnerable, I think, a lot of the time. And what's more vulnerable than being with where you are in the moment of, ah, I'm not ready, or here's what I need to be ready, or, you know, here's, here is what I think about this, that, or the other, uh, even going into that. That's super cool. Yeah, entirely. And hey, even sex coaches deal with this. You know, my partner has a much higher libido than I do. And I find myself sometimes still feeling the emotion of, I feel kind of guilty for saying no in this moment. So I want him to have a good experience with me. They also know uh, I'm stressed. I'm filling out my tax paperwork. And no, I'm not actually going to be in the mindset to have fun in bed. <laughs> but in two days or tomorrow, or, you know, three hours when I press the submit button, I'm game and I'm open to the conversation. I'll even share with him, here are the three things that would help me get into that 
mind space, which is really going to be for me, physical touch, some of my favorite words, and uh, a clean bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) That is always nice, isn't it? It helps. I mean, it might not be how I used to operate in college, but right now I really like a clean space to play. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there is something about that. Um, it's not how I was in, in college or it's not how I was when I was younger, but here's what's important to me now. Um, and actually getting excited and, and, you know, in this case turned on about our adulthood and, you know, I'm the same way, Craig, I, I want things to be tidy and, you know, and it's not, it's not getting into that same mindset as, you know, when I was younger and it was like, well, let's just throw the clothes everywhere. It's like, excuse me, I'd like to, you know, fold that top or hang it up or, you know, something like that, that it looks nice. And, and that's, that's appealing. So I, I love this, this idea of almost embracing who we are now as adults. Yeah. Yeah. So if that means putting the dirty clothes in a way, do it, having the bed made, great. Or one of the things that comes up for almost all my clients once they hit middle age, I hear repeatedly that the dog in the bed is one of their number one reasons for not having sex. And I always ask, you know, first off, are you going to move the dog? And almost everyone says no, because the dog's comfortable. We hate to move the dog. And I'd say, great. And where are the three other places at home where you could be having sex? That would actually be fun. They're like, oh, well, damn, I haven't thought about that. You know, poor <laughs> Snuffles hasn't taken up space and we could have gone to the kitchen or the balcony or I don't know, the bathroom, whatever it might be for you. But uh, it, there's a chance to really be real with yourself about what's stopping you and what are some easy alternatives that are right within reach that you just haven't thought of or tried. That's beautiful. It's the new, the dog ate my homework. Here's why <laughs> I didn't do this. The dog was in the bed. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, trust me, I get it. I too uh, feel challenged when the dog is on the bed, but I also prioritize sex with my partner and we make the dog move. We give the dog a treat. He's very loved. He's taken care of, but we give him a treat to leave him close the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you sort of alluded to this a little bit, but how did your romantic relationship change during COVID or, or what are you taking away in your own partnership? Yeah, well, you know, to be completely transparent, I went into this COVID relationship. We had been dating for, gosh, five months prior, known each other for eight months, and I got surgery two days before lockdown. And my partner was kind enough to say, hey, I'd love to take care of you for the week because you're going to be bedridden. And uh, day two came, the lockdown began. And to this day, we have never moved apart. I've stayed the entire time. I'm now selling my other home. We're actually searching for a new home together, which we love. Uh, But we're one of those accidental roommate uh, romance stories that we were a couple that didn't plan to move in and we ended up doing it in 700 square feet. (laughs) So first off, happy to be on the other side. (laughs) Happy our little experiment worked out. But one of the things I think, and I'll give two that really have, impacted me is that hey the need to like clean up my side of the court so to speak uh and really take care of like my own mental health and emotional well-being and support of my relationship um the experience during covid in the beginning was heavy and i realized early on that i was projecting some of my fear and anxiety onto my partner who's also going through it being as sweet as can be 
And I was sitting on the couch one night, you know, on opposite sides of the couch, not even making a move or a gesture to cuddle this man who just wanted to be close to me. And I was like, why am I so salty? This makes no sense. I like this guy. I'm in this relationship. I'm happy to be here. And I just realized I had all this like stress in my body and anxiety and I didn't want to be close. And that's no wonder I was, you know, annoyed whenever he would, I don't know, clean a dish in the sink or he'd open a bag of chips and it'd be loud. And all of a sudden I'd be furious on the inside. So the first thing is like to have a thriving relationship, I got to actually like do my work so that what's inside of my cup is a my authentic truth, hopefully love. And if there is anxiety that it's a manageable amount for me and that when it actually does reach that hitting point where maybe I need some additional support, I actually now just invite my partner in. And I say, hey, I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling angry or I'm pissy. Can I just like curse out the world, but have you be here with me while I do it? And it takes at max like five minutes. I mean, I say some some messed up shit in those five minutes. But after <laughs> that, I actually feel better and we're able to connect again. So that's really it. One, you know, take care of yourself and two, also invite your partner into your internal world. You know, until you actually share where you're at, they can't help you. Until you inquire about where they're at, you can't support them in a way that might really be impactful. And it's a different conversation for some people, especially when you're new in a relationship. You might not, quote unquote, know them well enough to be clear on what they need without them saying it. I think everyone actually could use more of that direct communication when it comes to getting clear on what people need. Yeah. Thanks for, for sharing all of that. And I, you know, I, I had been in my marriage for years and we're about to have a baby before this, you know, pandemic, uh, happened, but thinking about people that, you know, like, like yourself that kind of went, all right, here we go. Are we quarantining together or is this not happening right now? You know, um, but, but being in that active decision and sort of being forced to sink or swim, so to speak, uh, with this and, and, um, almost drive up the objections to the relationship far enough so that you have to work it out right now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was daunting. I mean, for me, it fell into my lap and I'm grateful. I mean, man went grocery shopping for weeks for me before I could leave the house, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but for a lot of people I know, it was daunting. And, you know, the the funny thing is that now that the world's opening up and we have so many more options, it takes like a recommitment to some of the objections that now are naturally going to rise. Questions like, is this a partner for me? Do I want to pursue somebody different, someone quote unquote better suited for me? Uh, one of the things I hear a lot right now is like, there are some things that annoy me <laughs> or that I detest or found my partner and I love them, but they make me question whether or not I should stay in this relationship. And um, I think for those people, it's a, a great chance to go back in and say, Hey, if, if no one's going to be perfect, what is the life you want to design together? And how's the way you want to show up in a relationship together? Does that actually meet what you want? Um, we always hear, you know, from from professionals saying, you know, if you want to test a relationship before before you get married, you uh, you go through some heavy stuff together, either a change of jobs, a move, a loss of family. And for anyone who's been dating in pandemic, guess what? This was one of those stressful things that can prove to you have the capacity to make it, even if things don't feel 110 percent perfect right now. 
So pat on the back, really, to all y'all, Raven, especially you and your partner with a new baby. I don't know how you did it, although I know you thrived. Uh, <laughs> it it would have been a lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And, you know, again, it it's an act of choice, right? It's It's that commitment of... All right, there are some days that are better than others, of course, and everything. And it's the commitment to to the bigger vision in the long term that 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 keeps you going and keeps you having the conversations too of, you know, what does this look like for us and what do we need right now? Craig, what's your advice for someone who's had a hard time with their romantic relationship during the pandemic? Mm, are these people still in a romantic relationship or freshly out of one as you see it? Maybe both. I mean, yeah, either, either, or, you know, I, I'm thinking about folks that e- either, as you say, are kind of coming to the end of this and being like, mm, my partner's sort of annoying me. And here's the things I'm ready to, to go out and do differently. Or, you know, folks that, that have had a breakup and decided that this, this wasn't for them during the pandemic. What's, what's, what do you see about getting back out there? Yeah. Well, you're the first person first, the the person in the relationship who's considering, you know, jumping ship and, you know, there's natural points in life when we're going to reevaluate and this is one of them. So any uncertainty, Hey, it's natural. First off, it doesn't actually indicate much about the health of your relationship. When new opportunities arise, we naturally get curious and explore uh, so I would invite you not to make any part of your process wrong, first off. Um, but secondly, I'd actually ask you to get clear on, you know, I call them like conditions of success for what you want in a relationship and a partner, and also look at where you're at in your own life. Uh, there's a chance that your partner meets them. There's a chance that they don't. If they don't, cool, you know, an opportunity to, to peace out gracefully. Um, but when it comes to checking in on your own world, I know right now, Many clients of mine are experiencing either stress or anxiety or uncertainty about just what they're going to do professionally or, or moving back into the world slowly or quickly, depending on their comfort level. And I just want to note that sometimes we experience those emotions and then we project them on the person closest to us. So there's a chance that actually you're not disinterested in your partner. There's a chance that you're feeling uncertainty and anxiety at the world and your partner is being painted in it because they live with you or they're dating you. Um, so do the work to actually separate those two and see what's there. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what, when you say do the work, <laughs> let me ask, how, how do you do the work, Craig, to figure out whether it's your partner or something else? Yeah. Uh, well, therapy and coaching, both great options. Uh, I honestly think journaling and one of the practices to help you get clear on what the, the truth really is, is um, emotional emotional processing journaling. It's almost like when you um, write free thought and you just pour all your thoughts down. Um, but looking at doing that around specific emotions present in you uh, and also looking at the ones that you might not be focusing on. So I recommend journaling around feelings of joy and celebration around anxiety, frustration, um, anger, um, mm-hmm. and also just like peace and calm. You might write as a journal prompt, you know, I feel angry about, I feel happy or joyful about, I feel calm when, and actually moving those emotions out of your body through writing them down so they get processed by the mind and then seeing what's left over. It's kind of like a, 
when you have a pond and there's a lot of in it, but it's raining, you really can't see all the fish or the flowers in the pond because the water's rippling on top. This journaling actually takes away some of the rain dropping. And so the water becomes still and you can see, oh, hey, here's all the koi that I fell in love with and they're still here and I'm still in love. It was a thunderstorm. Or, oh my God, the koi's all gone. <laughs> One's floating. It's time to leave. Oh, no. You know? <laughs> oh, no. The koi. It's okay. Yeah. He went to a good place. <laughs> Let's hope so. Um, what about... Uh, you know, for, I keep thinking about um, I've I've relished all of the time together and found that, you know, before the pandemic, I really considered myself incredibly social and I liked to be out and doing things and, and all sorts of extroverted. And what I found is that I love my family time. I have really enjoyed all of this time that I have with my husband and that I can just kind of scoot downstairs for lunch and he's there and, you know, don't have any commute anymore. What, what do you see for someone who has really relished all this time together and is a little nervous for this to, to end and go back to, well, any, something that's different? Yeah. Well, first off, girl, same. Uh, I'm a super extrovert. Anyone I know or who knows me will tell you that. Um, you know, when we first met, I was doing social events almost every night of the week and going out Thursday, Friday, Saturday to whatever art functions or celebrations were happening. So I truly get the before COVID might feel different from the after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but my recognition for those who are really happy with the tranquility they've experienced for their home life is you don't have to give it up. If anything, you might reflect back on how things were before and and where you're at now, healthy, happy, and what are the pieces you want to keep? So mm-hmm. one of the conversations my partner and I had a lot going into to DC opening up, which we just did fully, you know, a week and a half ago, is um, you know, how often do we want to go out? Uh going out just means leaving the front door, not spending the evening together, basically coming back after dinner with friends or dancing. And uh my number was two. And his number was two to three. So we said, okay, well, do we want them to be nights where we go out the same night? If I do Saturday, are you also going to do Saturday? Are we going to go out together or separate? And then what is our actual priority? Like, how are you going to commit to our time together on those other five or four nights so that we're not missing out? Um, So I really recommend having a conversation with those in your life, getting clear on really what your life by design is now, because your interests are going to change. That's valid. That's cool. I'm glad COVID brought something out. doesn't make the way you live before wrong or the way you want to live after, right? It's just what serves you in this moment. Um, but allow yourself to actually put up the boundaries that give you the life that you want and then include others in that conversation so they're also aware of what you're doing. So you don't have to go out just because somebody asks you and you might say, I learned that I really need or I really enjoy this kind of quiet time here are some other things that I'm open to doing that I'd love to do with you. Just not this time or this way. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, my husband and I, uh, had practice for a while called intentional couple time. And it sounds like, you know, that's kind of what I hear in this is decide how you want to spend your time together. And, you know, what you were saying earlier is actually have that conversation, what is the vision? 
how many times do we want to go out? What are we doing the other times? You know, is this mm-hmm. just, you know, be in our separate corners of the room or Netflix or, you know, what, what does that mean? Are we yeah. having a dinner date at home every night? You know? <laughs> so yeah, I, sure. I, I totally love that. Yeah. And check in often too. Cause the first month of, of your town or city opening up is going to be different from three months down the road. It's going to be different from a year down the road and help Raven, you know, after having a kid, it's very different from what it might've been before. So this is one of those, you're always in conversation conversations, like the process never actually stops. You just get to keep coming back in and, and having that conversation whenever it is about what do we want to improve our experience together in bed in life, socially, or, you know, watching Netflix on the couch. Amazing. Yeah. That's, that's such great. uh, That's such a great point that it's always a conversation. It is not one and done. And we're going to talk about this one time and have decided the rest of life (laughs) together. (laughs) If only, but it's much more fun to be in conversation consistently. I'll say that. I was a yeah. Lego kid growing up and I never built the same thing with Legos and left it there. I would tear it down and rebuild it. And this is what we get to do in relationships. You got the tools, build the cake you want every week or change it up. So good. I love that. Well, Craig, is there is there anything else that anything that I haven't asked you or anything that you want to share with uh, with listeners about either coming out of the pandemic or, you know, about sex and relationships, anything you want to leave us with? Yeah. I recognize I did not answer the second half to one of your questions about, you know, what support I give to the people recently single mm-hmm. at uh, the breakup point of, of COVID kind of wrapping up. And so the advice I put out there is this, uh, first off, heart goes out to you, whether you chose it or not, but what an incredible opportunity to actually choose yourself. And as a world opens up, you actually have a chance to lean into the things that you've been curious about, that you know are actually for you, the things that excite you. And uh, one of the, the challenges I, I hear from clients is they're, they're asking me, well, like, what am I supposed to be doing to meet the right person? You know, who do I have to be to be received by the people that I want to date? And what I love about COVID wrapping up is you can actually begin really reflecting and writing down. What are the parts of your life that turn you on, where you are excited, where you your eyes come alive, or you, you get excited to actually go to that place, do that thing, be it a concert, a throwing axis, or pottery? And uh, my invitation is to actually commit to falling back in love with life, your life in particular. And through that process, you're going to meet people who are either going to be great friends, part of your tribe, who have a really sexy you know brother, sister who's going to marry you, or you're going to meet somebody at the pottery wheel or the, you know, the sex dungeon, whatever side of the spectrum you're on, uh, who are going to be your person. And I just find it so, uh, so much easier when we approach dating that way. Even when uh, we're coming out of a heartbreak, uh, it's always a time to fall back in love with yourself and from that love actually attract the play, the love, the relationship that you desire. Thanks so much, Craig. That's, I think, just great advice for all of us. All right. Well, thank you again for joining the after party. I'm excited to actually party with you on one of those two to three nights a week uh, when we come out of this uh, and get Me to too. see each other in person and and be together. Um, 
if somebody wants to get in contact with Craig, we will make sure that uh, your information is um, in the the information about your information is in the information. Yeah, <laughs> your information. <laughs> so I know, I know it is right. Um, but that we uh, link your uh, website so that everybody can get in contact with you if you if they'd like to. Thank you. Please do. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, my handle is at Craig, C-R-A-I-G, Cassie, C-A-S-S-E-Y-J-R. I post content every single day about how to love your life, build one of abundance, adventure, and authenticity, and also get off a lot more easily. (laughs) (laughs) Craig is amazing to follow on Instagram. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much, Craig. It was so great to be with you uh, for this episode today and um, love you a lot. And we'll see you soon. Love you too. I'd love to hear what you've learned about yourself through the COVID pandemic. You can get in touch through email at ravenbcoaching at gmail.com. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook at Raven Bonnewell Coaching and on Instagram at ravenbcoaching. R-A-V-E-N-B-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. If you've enjoyed this episode, do us a favor and give it a five-star rating to help us reach more listeners. The After Party is a celebration of lessons learned. It's hosted by leadership coach Raven Bonnewell and produced by Accomplishment Media.